Cabinet agreeing to reduce uh, fuel excise duty by 25 cents a litre, effective as of midnight tonight. This also applies to road user charges and will be enforced for the next three months. It's also halving the cost of public transport fares also for the next three months. Uh, globally, fuel prices are expected to continue to rise, Minister Grant Robinson said. How long will it last for? Well, that'll be a gradual phase down. Very soon we're going to be talking to Tash Dixon, who has been a support worker for 10 years, an Air 2 Union delegate, uh, and as a person who travels 200 kilometres a day, very interested to hear what Tash thinks of it. First, let's go to uh, Dr Eric Crampton, an economist uh, for the New Zealand, New Zealand Initiative. Uh, Dr Crampton, kia ora. Good afternoon. What did you make of that announcement? What did you hear there? Well, it's a nice tax cut for those with the most fuel-inefficient vehicles. So anyone who had already upgraded to an EV won't get as much out of it. Anyone who'd shifted to a hybrid will get less out of it. Those who have stuck with the least efficient vehicles will get some of the most benefit out of it. Uh, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense to be shifting road funding to be relying more on the general tax base rather than on the user pays component of the National Land Transport Fund. None of the costs that we incur in road building will be decreasing with the increase in oil prices. Bitumen comes out of oil. All the big, nice yellow machines use oil and diesel and petrol. Um, So none of those costs go down. So Robertson is right that he's going to have to be topping the fund up. I'm, 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 what I want to know, Eric, is, uh, is, is it going to be a cut for people like our next guest who uh, have to travel uh, many kilometres for their work? Is it going to mean a little bit more in the wallet? Well, maybe some. It would depend on how fuel inefficient the vehicle is being used. Um, but there will be other taxes that are paying for it or reductions in, in spending elsewhere. I guess the bigger point is whether it makes any sense to be varying petrol excise with changes in oil prices. So there had been calls for big increases in petrol excise uh, when oil prices had collapsed in 2020 with the pandemic shock. There had been some argument about ratcheting them up then to lock in higher oil prices for the future or higher petrol costs for the future to encourage people to shift. Those calls didn't make much sense. I'm not sure that this one does either. There could be better ways of responding here. All right. All right. Uh, Sally, let's bring you in. I'd be interested to see what the actual reaction has been from the fuel companies themselves. Um, And the ministers have said that nearly all of them um, supported it. I would like to know who didn't and and how this will affect them and their futures in our country. I hope it doesn't turn into a non-competitive fuel market. Well, a flash has just come through that uh, this cut uh, for, for 25 cents or egg fuel excess by 25 cents uh, for the next three months is expected to cost $350 million in lost tax revenue. Martin, got a question or a thought for uh, Dr. Hampton? Uh, well, one of the things I don't understand about this is why, why the prices seem to go up immediately when you know, a lot of this fuel is, you know, the, like the petrol at the pump right now has been in the country for a while. Why these, you know, the, the, these increases never seem to be gradual. It always seems to be overnight. The prices go up. I've never quite understood why that, why that kind of works. Um, but, 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 but this, you know, the half price thing on public transport is great, but public transport, as we all know in this country, is just kind of shot to hell. It doesn't work. 
you know, if, if, if public transport was, in terms of like something like, like Tash that's coming up, was beneficial, then well, sure, that's, you know, that, that's, that's an adequate on, solution, hang, isn't it? Hang on, might be shot to you, but for the hundreds of thousands of people across the country that use public transport, it's not shot. Uh, the fact that I oh. can get here 14 kilometres away from town and get very easy bus, exp- uh, bus ex- uh, access to the CBD, Eric, it's got to mean something. I mean, this is pretty significant, is it? Half price public transport. That's a lot of money staying in your wallet. Well, it's a little weird because as petrol prices and diesel prices go up, the relative cost of public transport for commuters goes down, right? So if I'm weighing up whether to take the bus into work or Mm. whether to drive in, buses become a lot cheaper as petrol prices or diesel prices go up. Sure, the fares will go up by a small bit as fuel costs go up because buses use fuel as well, but not nearly as much as the cost of driving by myself into town go up. So Public transport should be becoming relatively more attractive anyway. Half price, no. It'll encourage more people to shift onto there okay. if they're not as worried about transmission of COVID, I suppose. Indeed. All right, sure. I've got to say shot to hell, Rob. No, no, no. We've got to move on uh, because we've got uh, okay. our next guest waiting. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Eric Crampton there. Uh, meanwhile, our next guest averages around 200 kilometres a day driving to her clients uh, uh, who many are vulnerable, elderly, or on palliative care, and says her fuel costs have doubled, if not tripled, in the last fortnight. And she started a petition on change.org, and she wants change. Tash Dixon has been a support worker for 10 years, is an heir to union. Della Tash, kia ora. Hi, kia ora. Needless to say, the public transport aspect might not be relevant to you in your line of work because, no. you know, you like at all. Um, but um, 200 k's a day costs double or triple to the last fortnight. Are you even covering your costs? No. Um, in the last fortnight, it's coming out of other things that I need to put money for, like groceries and the mortgage and um, the normal bills. Like, And I had to fill up twice last week. And on the Friday night, I finally got to the pump at eight o'clock at night and had to fuel up again. So, and then the mortgage was a bit short, so paying that tomorrow. But yeah, it's starting to hemorrhage now. Mm. And it's not just me; it's the other support workers. Um, you know, there's support workers that are over sixty working and they're on their own. They don't have any um, other additional payments coming in to help them out or whatnot. So. Yeah, it's getting really tough for a lot of us. We've all been um, talking on the home support page on Facebook, our private group, and just since last week, it's been getting really tough for us. A lot of people are wanting to quit because it's really unaffordable now. I'll bring up bring our panelists, but very briefly, what you heard there by Jacinda Ozer and Grant Robinson, twenty five percent reduction. What do you reckon? Um. It's going to help a little bit to have a bit of savings. I think it's $17.25 that we'll be saving approximately, but um, still need the IBT rate raised to at least the IED's IBT rate of $0.79 cents per kilometre. We're currently at $0.58.5 cents per okay. kilometre. Sally. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Tash, I really respect what you're doing, but I'm, I'm interested to know, do you work for yourself or are you with a care agency who pays you to do the traveling okay so i work for one of the largest um home support providers um and they pay me they pay the travel reimbursement and our wages and it comes from dhb and ministry of health funding 
And have you gone to the agency to ask them to up the rate? Or yeah, we have. Your union union. Done that? Yeah, we've done that for the last um, couple of years. We've got it up. It was um, the last rate was at 50 cents per kilometre, and we got it up last year from the 1st July to the 58.5. But we, you know, we've been struggling to get it to the IID rate at least. Yeah. Yeah. And in your work, do you you take um, some of your clients? Do you take these people to the appointments they need to in your oh, car? Oh no, we do don't. You? We don't do that. Um, so I'm just driving yeah. from home to home to do showering, dressing, um, putting on compression stockings, giving them medication or prompting the medication, um, feeding them, doing palliative cares, depending what the roster job is that we've got to go to throughout the day and night. Yeah. yeah. And I understand there are uh, many other issues surrounding payment for the wonderful people like yourself that do this work yeah. do you think um the priority should be that you are paid if you had a choice that you are paid more per hour for the work you do or more for the fuel and the travel allowance if you had to make a call oh it's a tough one um well because our rates are um, equal pay rates uh falling behind because the living wage rates increases are coming up so our lowest level rate for support workers will only be 30 cents above the living wage increases that are coming up right. so this is a difficult question for me to answer okay martin let's bring you in and yeah, by the way okay. uh, i want to i want to uh, across new zealand what are you what does it take to fill your tank up with petrol text us to one zero one martin uh, first of all, Tash, I mean, you, you're doing God's work. I mean, I, I mean, amazing people like you out there in the community yeah. doing this. Uh, as someone who has um, had to um, use your services, of, well, not you personally, obviously, but similarly, mm -hmm. um, over the last 12 months from an accident that I had, um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it is extraordinary, extraordinary work. I had no idea, though, that you were, you're paying for your own petrol. I mean, I read this, I was absolutely staggered that you're, mm -hmm. you're expected to fund your own, that this is not covered by by your employer and that there's, uh, there appears to be no flexibility within the contract with either you, your direct employer or the DHB behind it to, to allow for these sort of increases. I mean, how far away is that from, is it even, is it being resolved? Is it an issue that's being discussed? I mean, where, where it's is, being discussed I, know, it's, I just find it extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, we've been fighting it, even as like um, last year, Mayor went down to Parliament with a group of other delegates from other providers, other unions as well, we went in May you know, trying to bring these issues up and explain how it's um, the struggle and, you know, how things are affecting us and disadvantaging us doing this job. You know, we have to pay for our own servicing and try and come up with money with that. We go through tyres all the time because I'm a rural <laughs> support worker. They get chewed yeah. up and I have to change them every year and it's costly. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to pay lot. You have to pay for that. Yeah. And this is... Yeah. And this is your own, and this is your own vehicle as well. One assumes right? this is your own vehicle. You've got the wear and tear on your own vehicle. Your yeah. own, your own insurance. All you. Oh, this yeah. is unbelievable. And we're, we're like district nurses, and we're doing lots more than you know. We're doing the same thing. Yes, you are. They, they get provided with a you know a fleet of company cars and petrol yeah. cars, and we're getting nothing, and you know you know forgotten about. Even with PPE yeah. throughout this whole pandemic, we've had to struggle and fight with the unions to get everything that we Tash. need. I yeah. really appreciate you being on the program, Kia ora, and yes, thanks so. for uh, telling a story there. Yeah. That is Tash Dixon, uh, who's been a support work, work for a decade, uh, an air to union, union delegate, and also uh, drives around 200 
uh, kilometres a day. And uh, gosh, uh, a lot, lot of response to that. You're on the panel, RNZ National. It's time for headlines with Marama Tepoli. And welcome back, Marama. No, not there yet. All right, Sally. Yeah, I just wanted to add, I think the elephant in the room here is, as well as, you know, these wonderful people who do this job, looking after, it's looking after and helping and working beside disabled or injured people. So all of these issues, like um, not being paid enough for their work, affects the people at the end, at, you know, at the bottom of the cliff. And, you know, the woohoo public transport, half price, um, I agree with Martin, I think it's pretty shocking and being someone who does use a wheelchair, it is awful. Um, and it's quite intimidating. And often buses keep going. I've had that in the past. They don't stop and people are very unfriendly. So I think the whole thing here that's, that gets lost is the people who use and need these services are the ones who really miss out as well as the support workers who try their best to care for them. I can't fill up. I have a 60-litre tank, and to avoid contact, I prepay with my pre-charge, uh, so I end up about seven litres short of full. These valuable workers need to be paid properly and have their vehicle costs properly compensated. Men uh, wouldn't stand for it. Uh, all right, it is 27 to 5. Uh, let's see if headlines are here now. Nope, something seems to be wrong with our headlines. So, um, mm, OK. Can I read uh, them out? Should we find what? some? Let's... Uh, <laughs> uh, not here quite. Not not here quite. Yeah. All right. So, uh, did you have any sort of more? What about your tank? What uh, what what do you do, Feli? To, to because I know that you're a big uh, uh, Ute driver. Are you worried about this? Yeah, I have a I have a diesel Ute, and um, it costs me about a hundred and what ten to fill up. And I just got a little bit the other day. I thought, oh, fifty dollars will get it up, and the gauge hardly moved, so I've been a bit, um, bit of trepidation about filling the whole tank up. Yeah, so it's just the cost has escalated, and I use my ute a lot. I actually took it on a beach in the weekend and do quite a lot of driving in rural areas. So, uh, yeah, it's really going to Good affect me, and I see this $0.25 cents a litre is okay, but in the big picture, I don't think it's going to make much difference for many people. Now, I have just realised uh, this, uh, this system I have, uh, this uh, new computer system I've got, uh, <laughs> it is five minutes late. Uh, so uh, it is not uh, Marama Tepoli in the wrong. It is absolutely me because it says that it's uh, 4.35 on my uh, computer here, but it's actually uh, just gone 4.30. I'm going to read out some feedback because we had such a response uh, regarding the feedback uh, with uh, Toby. Toby is a principal in Mississippi, Toby Price, and he was fired for reading uh, I Need a New Bum by New Zealand author Don McMillan. He was fired. Uh, and he's just shocked by it. Wallace, it is great that you had Toby on. I made a significant donation yesterday, the minute I finished reading that article and stuff, originally from the Washington Post, which includes the fact that the book is the sixth highest on the Amazon purchase list. It has not been censored. Another one here, my sister is a teacher in Aotearoa, and every year she reads I Love Lemonade by Rowan and Mark Somerset and takes a drink from a glass of raro, just as quirky turkey drinks the pea. The kids never fail uh, to love it. Wallace, glad I'm a teacher in New Zealand, where Jeremy Wells read this hilarious book on Goodnight Kiwi. Another one here, Toby needs a job, we need good teachers, grant him citizenship immediately. 
uh, and another one here, good on him for reading to those kids. Uh, that age, etc., they love books like that. Anything that hooks children into reading is so precious.